Hello and welcome to the Hunters Hub, the video game podcast born in the Monster Hunter community. Uh, this is your host, Forge One, and just tonight we have Sasha. So, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm on vacation. I have been very relaxed. I've been getting a lot of sleep. I'm playing some games. So yeah. I'm, I remember you saying you got some progress done. Yeah. I have, uh, I've gotten to cut loose for the last couple of days. How are you? I'm mostly good. Been a little stressed, but mostly good. <laughs> mostly. With, uh, with my daughter being incredibly sick yesterday and coming out of it today. And like I was saying before we started recording, uh, uh, my mom's birthday was today and we missed that as a result. So planning for tomorrow for that instead and dealing stuff with the ex-wife while we were at a soccer game. So today was just a cavalcade of annoyance. <laughs> awesome. I, uh, I did not have such a hectic day. I took my daughter to see the Super Mario movie again, but we saw it in mm-hmm. 3D, which was really cool. Um, and I convinced her to stay for most of the movie, but I missed Peaches again, and I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling some kind of way about that. I'm sure you could YouTube it by this it's point. It's not though, right? the same. Like I've That's spent. Fair. I've spent like 40 bucks in movie tickets now, and I've not gotten to see this on the screen. Well, I own it now on Voodoo. It came out on Voodoo, and the girls were like, the moment that it comes out, we're buying it. Like, that was their thing. So we own it and the D&D movie brand new because they liked both of them. There's this wonderful line that Cece keeps repeating in the D&D movie. They keep resurrecting these dead people as part of a spell they have to ask three questions and then they can go back to their eternal rest right and they're asking them do you know about like they have to get information from these people but they know what the question is the first one so they have to come up with these bullcrap questions uh to sort of like let them be dead so like He's like, ah, okay. He's like, well, he's still got two more questions or whatever. And he's like, uh, what's your favorite color? Red, I think. And then he's like, two plus two. He's like, I'm bad at math. And then dies. And then, like, the girls are just over the moon on that line. So they do that to each other all the time now. They're like, two plus two. I'm bad at math. Dies. (laughs) I love that. That's so cute. I had a targeted ad came up on my Facebook from GameStop with the mimic uh, from D&D. Oh, yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Cece's still obsessed with the mimic right now. It's it's on my dining room table still. Um, so uh, tonight uh, we are going to be talking about the parts of our favorite games that we don't enjoy or, you know, there's always room for improvement. No game's perfect, right? So I've definitely got some things that I would like to see changed in my favorite series, <clears throat> Monster Hunter. <laughs> but, you know, we talk about that a lot sometimes. But, you know, you know, we do, we do tend to, like, overemphasize the positive aspect of games that we like to sort of sell them to other people because we want other people to enjoy them, which has successfully worked for you. I have 
now since done Mass Effect, since you've talked about it with me being on the show, and I do like it a lot. Um, there are drawbacks to it, though, for sure. Now I just got to get um, you get you to actually get into New Vegas. You're so close. You got to get in there, though. You got you to gotta just get it, it through Freeside. It's going to take... It's going to take me not playing a bunch of other games at the same time and having little to no option at that point, probably. Not that it's a bad game. It's just that my interest level for that game can go out the window. I mean, like, it's how's it going to compete with my favorite, no. like Diablo? It's not It's like, not going to compete for you for a right. while right now. But, like... If future. I was told all I was going to get to play this year was Fallout New Vegas, I'd be like, that's fine. That is fine. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I'm still playing Breath of the uh, Breath of the Wild. You call it that. Tears of the Kingdom, the new Zelda. And I know that's not something that you're ever going to play. Mm-mm. And that's fine. Nope. You're okay not to like Zelda. That's fine. I was never a huge fan of the series until I played the 3D ones. And then that was only because I was. Did I tell you about this weird situation the first time I played Ocarina of Time? Maybe. Maybe. The one with the abused baby in the room. No. So with my mom had some college friends. Uh, My mom went to college once I after I was born. She, um, I don't know. She was in her thirties when she went to college the first time. So she had some college friends who were also in, you know, later in life and some earlier now and whatnot. And, and occasionally she would like to hang out with those friends and she had kids. So she would take us and her and her friend. I don't even remember this woman's name. Um, we're hanging out and we were at their house, uh, in Chillicothe here. And my brother stayed home with dad, but I went with mom or it was, or maybe Chauncey was there. I don't remember. I was pretty young though. I was, yeah, I was like, I had to have been middle school age. Uh, I wasn't like super old, but I wasn't super young either. And, uh, they're like, Oh, you have a Nintendo 64. I was like, yeah, I'll, okay. And they had Zelda and I never tried it. And I was, and all my friends were telling me to play it. And I just, you know, being a kid at that age, you don't have a lot of money. So, sure, I'll try it. And I was actually kind of enjoying it. And this woman also had a newborn baby. Cool. You know, I don't know anything about about babies or anything like that. And uh, my mom, or the woman was there. She says, you ever changed a baby's diaper? And I was like, no. She's like, do you want to see? I was like, sure, I guess. Like, I don't, you know, I was not really super old watch her change a diaper. And I was like, wow, that is super red down there. Like incredibly red. And I remember like seeing that and being like, not saying much about it at the time. Cause I was like, okay, I guess that's how babies look. And then like, so on the way home, I asked my mom, it's like, is it always like privates, like always super red, like, like really red. And then mom was like, no, I was like, okay. And I just left it at that. Going up later to learn that that was a sign of uh, sexual abuse. And and I was like, oh. Oh, no. Oh, geez. So yeah. that's <laughs> what you have paired with Zelda? 
Zelda. Yeah, and you which I can keep playing Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they are separate instances in my brain, but they did happen at the same time. Yep. I don't necessarily associate Zelda with that because I went on to have other memories with Zelda that didn't involve that baby. But that was my initial like, oh, so this is actually kind of a cool game. And then like the baby stuff happened after I was done playing. It's so, like, I don't think I played after that. I don't, it was a long time ago too. Like, I don't remember. But yeah, it was the, uh, it was the uh, abused baby time that I played Zelda. But I have, I'm not a huge fan of Zelda as well. Like, I mean, I like it. I play it, but it's not, it's not like, I'm not like over the moon. Like when, when I, you know, I talked about getting everything done before Zelda. That's because I knew that Zelda was going to take a long time because it's just a long game. And boy, do I have some complaints about Zelda that I will be talking about tonight too. (laughs) I kind of expected that. Zelda was going to come up just by uh, by the timing. Oh, oh! I that wasn't even like I was thinking like my favorite because I would never put Zelda in my favorites. But like, I think there there needs to be some uh, some uh, discourse about. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. But there are some systems there that uh, I don't enjoy. Um, but yeah, it, and it all it is all in preparation. For me to try to get, like, I think two weeks from Tuesday is Diablo. So I'm not finishing Zelda. It's not happening. But I'm going to try. That's kind of the kind of the problem. Because I wanted to finish everything else. Because I wanted to try, try to get Zelda done. Because I know Diablo comes around. Forget it. Done. Like, I'll play it every once in a while. But most of the time I'm going to be right here. At this screen. Looking right here. Playing Diablo. Unless I'm with the kids. So, that being said, how, would you like to lead off? I've got quite a few series I could talk about. Um, I can, if you like. I just have a lot to talk about, about one game in particular. Well, okay. Well, let's do this, because I've got a couple. We'll, we'll intersperse between each other. That way sure. we're not just one person talking. So, um... I don't think it's a lot to sort of talk about Monster Hunter with you as far as the the mechanic mechanics and that kind of stuff that sometimes I don't enjoy. But what I something I think that you can relate to is probably the ease of difficulty over time. So I don't know if you're super into difficult games. I don't think you are. Um, I think it depends on what is difficult. How invested. For- for a person because I, I would say that like playing playing like any particular RPG game on a higher difficulty is challenging. Um, yeah. But the like difficulty over time is one of my complaints with my game here, which is when you remove the level cap from mm-hmm. the game, like any any kind of choice that you made goes away. Like it doesn't matter in the long run because you're just going to keep leveling up and acquiring those skills and those perks and so so this isn't like a super uncommon or this isn't going to be something revolutionary for the monster community because there's people who are much more known and much more vocal about it than me but i will say the monster hunter games as a series have gotten easier with every iteration like 
it's to the point now where I don't feel like I have to try until the end game. Like, at all. Yeah. Like... That's been happening to, I think, a lot of franchises. Because... Yeah. What sells copies? A game that is really difficult um, and doesn't doesn't reach a mass audience or a game that is user-friendly and can reach a mass audience. Which is true. And I am not unhappy about Monster Hunter becoming more popular. But the problem I'm having is that, like, I don't necessarily always need a super hard challenge. However, I do need something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I do need... Like, it's, the fights are already 15 minutes. It's not necessarily, like, the length of the fight. It's, it's that, like, you can take a hit. In the old games, you would take a hit, and you'd be like, I need to heal now. Like, depending on the hit, any hit could, could be devastating. Now, some people could argue that it's not as fun to be like, okay, instead of being on the offensive now, I have to be on the defensive and heal back up. But, I mean, I never want to go back to those super punishing old days, but there is a middle ground there where, you know, like, getting hit would matter, and you would have to actually heal after a certain amount of time. I get pretty careless in the new games sometimes, because I'm like, oh, I just got hit. Okay, sure. I guess I'll heal another two or three hits. I think I'm good. Like... And some of it is the formulas have changed. The damage numbers are way down against the player. In general, like you take far less damage and than anything. Uh, it's just, it, 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 it doesn't, I'm not looking at it for it to be difficult. So I was reading, uh, I was reading reviews of Diablo mm-hmm. two on Xbox and what was a common thing that I saw in highly rated reviews for Diablo 2 was that people complaining about it are just people who learned the Diablo franchise in Diablo 3, that it was way too easy, and that they're babies, and that it's Diab- Diablo 2 <laughs> is an actually difficult game, and that's why people don't like it. So is this another example of kind of what you're talking about, that like... As each iteration of the game comes out, it's kind of, yeah, kind of. Um, and it's not, I don't want it to be super punishing. Like I don't want dark souls here, right? Like I don't want, I don't want it to be like, try, try, try again. Cause that can be disheartening. You, you sink 45 minutes into a quest and you still fail. That's a rough day. Like you're like, I may not be playing this again today. Like I may have to take a break and come back tomorrow if that happens. Um, but at the same time, it's just, it's like the, it's like there was a power creep with, without a counter. You know what I mean? There, there wasn't even in Diablo, there's a higher skill ceiling on Diablo three than, in some aspects than there is in Diablo 2. Not the same. And I know a lot of people are going to get on me. I'm not a Diablo 2 super fan like a lot of people who love the franchise. But 
And I've I've played one, I mean one, two, and three extensively. And I'd probably say I played three the most. But I started in one. It's not like I'm. A lot of people are like, "Oh, you started in three, so blah blah." blah. No, like no, I started Diablo one. Like when I was an eight year old and had PC Gamer magazine and I saw the Butcher's Room, I was hooked. Like I needed to play that game. <laughs> like so, uh, it's just. It, 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 to compare it to Diablo 2, the Diablo 2 versus Diablo 3 thing is like they're totally different ideals uh, of, of like Diablo 2, you're never the superhero. You are always the underdog uh, in, in theme, right? In actuality of playing, eventually you do become the sort of superhero who can kill anything. That's what they're going for once you get the correct itemization. But those a lot of those people who really love that game are also grinding like thousands of hours to get to that point on a character. Like I was not that way on Diablo 2. It's a little bit too difficult for me to get to that level, which is fine. I enjoy Diablo 2's story. I enjoy playing the game. But I don't want to sit there and fine tune my build with like a freaking toothbrush in comparison to this, like anything else. Like I don't, I'm not that kind of person where I need a super fine tune or follow build. I really hate following build guides. Like if I have to follow a guide on something, forget it. I'm out. That's why I'm a huge, not fan of path of exile. And I was like, just follow a guide. You'll be fine. I'm like, I don't do that. Like, I don't like doing that. I don't like someone else figuring it out for me. I agree like, with you there. I, I enjoy a game that has that level of customization in your character that you can certainly fuck it up and you can fuck it up yes. really early and not know that you fucked it up until later. Yes. I enjoy that. I think that that is a layer of difficulty that for me, I love to get out my, my pen and paper and like plan out. Okay. This is, if I want to get to this part, if I want my character to do this output, these are the steps I'm going to have to take. But I don't want someone to do that for me. Right. Yeah. Because what's the point? Yeah. Like, what? why are you even doing it then? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and Diablo 3's difficulty really comes in luck. Like, if you have lucky yeah. drops. Yeah. And that's just a, a time grind, eventually. And... I'm okay with that, but I'm only okay with that to a degree. You know what I mean? Like when I put, you know, like what did I say? Like 3000 hours into my wizard. That was because I was like grinding to get to the better torments and better stuff. This is like before difficulty was a complete joke in Diablo three. Um, there was a time where Diablo three was the hardest Diablo period, hands down. Uh, it was early Diablo three days. Uh, I think there was on record one, person who beat it on on uh before they lowered the difficulty i think exactly one person so like that's pretty difficult uh with you know thousands of people playing it at the the height of its release like it's not that diablo 3 wasn't difficult just diablo 3 wants you to become a superhero quick and you become a superhero quick it's just a matter of how far are you going to go into that superhero tier versus? Well, and I, I think that that's what's happening with a lot of franchises with mm-hmm. each like iteration. And, 
and not to sound like, you know, like an old person, but like I see it, I see it happen with a lot of games that I enjoy. Fallout being one of them, that's one of the things on my list of like Fallout 4 being just like such a vanilla version of a game that I love. Uh, watered mm-hmm. down like really easy and it's for the masses and I 100% understand it's for the masses but I think it was a game that already was appealing to a large audience and didn't need to be watered down to sell as many copies as right like your but your a business shooters but a business like Bethesda doesn't care they want more right and that's yeah. that's where we come into problems one well, and, and then this <laughs> is I think that they thought that the changes that they made from Fallout 3 to Fallout 4 were really similar in the ways that they watered down other scrolls. The changes that were made from Oblivion to Skyrim. And they just continue mm-hmm. to release Skyrim because Skyrim was a hit and it's it's for the masses. Anyone can pick up and play Skyrim. Children children really can. Not that maybe they shouldn't, but they can. Just pick yeah, it up and play it. Yeah. I, I will say Skyrim is the only Elder Scrolls games that I have beaten. But that's because it's the only one um, that... Now, it's not the only one that I put ample time into. Because I put a ton of time to Morrowind. However, Morrowind was so vague and obscure that like I didn't even know what I was supposed to be doing in Morrowind. And that makes like, victory even sweeter. Because you're like, I don't even oh, know I'm sure. how I did this, but I did. Right, right. Like, I didn't even know, like, okay, what kind of quest? So I eventually, I and I had both the, the Shivering Isles and there was another Blood expansion Moon. for, yeah. Blood Moon and Tribunal. Yes, yeah. So I had both those and I would, like, eventually just become, like, when I would go to sleep, the assassins would try to kill me. Yeah. And then I would have, like, super awesome assassin gear. And I was just like, well, this doesn't feel fun so i normally quit after that because i felt overpowered and then like i didn't like i didn't have a lot of direction so like i played a lot of Morrowind, but i didn't didn't get very far i played very little oblivion and i played it very much later uh on pc and i love oblivion so much and and i think Oblivion's a great example of what i was talking about of you absolutely can fuck your character up really early like literally sure. before you even left the sewers, picking the wrong major and minor skills mm-hmm. is going to affect the way that your character, the way your character levels up, and how quickly they level up. Like I made a character one time who had restoration as a main skill, which is mm. you know you think yeah it makes sense you want to be able to heal yourself. Well, the only way that the restoration skill goes up is if you use your magic to heal yourself. But if you're so overpowered that people can't hurt you, then you never fucking heal yourself. So you never level up your restoration, which means you never reach your maximum level cap. Mm. So, fucked my character up right off the bat just by picking the wrong skill. Wow. Yeah, see, I don't even remember what I picked in Oblivion, but it was... Despite it being much later after the game came out, it was also after, but it was after Skyrim, right? It was after Skyrim that I played Oblivion. And that, see, that, Skyrim, I feel like that would be hard. I, I think that if you started and you got like deep, deep into Skyrim and used to that gameplay, I think going back to Oblivion would be challenging. And I feel like that's the 
truth with many games. You know, to take it back to Monster Hunter, you know, like when we t- we talk about possibly suggesting you do it, we always give you the latest game. We're always like, hey, you know, like we may have some complaints with the latest game, but like there you go, because that's where all the quality of life stuff is. That's right. where all the improvements on and and that kind of stuff are. And I even if I were to tell someone, hey, if you like Elder, you know, like if you look, haven't been introduced to Elder Scrolls, I probably would suggest Skyrim because, well, a it's cheap at this point. B, um, it's just more a lot more accessible. And and I do love the cutscenes. Like I do love the death cutscenes. Like they are so fun. I don't know if they were in Oblivion, Oblivion they're or not. They're Oblivion. They're just not as uh, they're not as cool. They don't they're. They don't look so cinematic, but you do have them. I mean, that is the hundred percent why I always, always am an archer in some aspect in Skyrim. I, like, I will always have a bow. I think that my recommendation to a new person would really just depend on honestly that person's age and what type of games that they find the most enjoyable. Because I think if we're talking about like an old school gamer, I probably would recommend Morrowind. But I would never recommend Morrowind to like somebody whose like first console was was a 360 or later, right? Like, sure, yeah. I just don't think that they can they can go back that far. But I think Fair. that like a true like if you're looking for the true like role playing, build your character, pen like y- you really need to think about it. I would recommend Oblivion over Skyrim. Like every single time. Mm. Oh sure, yeah, because it's deeper, and that's that's the problem. Is deep, like if you have a deepness of choice, like the deeper is always going to be more satisfying than the more shallow content, even if it's more accessible. This is the entire reason why I moved away from Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition to playing Pathfinder Two because Pathfinder Two is deeper, and. We changed whole role playing systems when we play games now. Like we've we've gotten everyone to switch over because we're like, look what you can do versus what you can do here. And I I know you don't play D and D very often, but just to give a comparison, um, if you play like a fighter in Fifth Edition, right? You have like a couple options. You could be like, okay, I'm a dexterity fighter, or I'm a strength fighter. And you're like, okay, cool. In Pathfinder, it's like, do you want to be a dexterity fighter that uses daggers? Do you want to be a dexterity fighter that uses bows? Do you want to be a dexterity fighter that still uses big weapons, but more cares about dodging? Do you want to be a strength fighter that that has all this stuff? Do you want to be a ranged strength fighter? Do you want to be a like a melee one? Like, And there's always these feed options. Do you want your fighter to be able to protect your party better? And it's like, well, that's normally like a paladin thing. Yeah, but you can do that with a fighter too. Like, like there's like all these like options there that let you customize more and make it deeper, more complex for sure, but deeper. There's a lot more choices and you can make a quote unquote bad character. Um, Chauncey is notorious to me for making terrible druids because he keeps multi-classing them out. Um, He's like, I'm a druid and a bard. I'm like, just be one. Just, <laughs> just do one. <laughs> like he's kind of like his his bard skills have finally. We're we're like level six. We've been playing this campaign for probably a year now, uh, with uh, some people online, 
and a mutual friend of Pan and I's, uh, his name is Weave. He's running it. And boy, uh, Chance was just like, man, I'm just not doing any damage. I was like, yeah, because you picked up bard stuff instead of going more to druid. Like, I don't. And here I am. I like, but I, but I tend not to like multi-classing either. Like, I don't even like doing that in games. Like, I like being like just full, like, just go down a path. Like, find a thing and go down a path. So, my character is just the Diggy Hole Dwarf that's modeled after the song Dig, uh, Diggy Diggy Hole. And he's just a Dwarven fighter. So, there's not like a lot of like complexity of character there for me to have to really split focus. Like, I was able to make a build that deals with basically digging a trench and standing on the other side of the trench because he digs holes. So, yeah, oh. like, it's kind of good. I was going to say that's that's the other issue I have with I think a lot of newer games is they take away the even the need to think about it, like to choose carefully your your starting stats, the perks that you're getting yeah. along the way, because they're taking away level caps. Like Fallout 4 has no level cap, so what does it matter if you started the game with, let's say, um, let's say you started the game with like 8 intel. In the previous iterations mm -hmm. of the game, intelligence is what is going to impact how many skill points you get. Like, to build up your your all of your attributes like uh your gun skill your your speech craft like all of those things all yeah. of that's removed in four like your intelligence doesn't matter in so far as there's not really like maybe some dialogue options i would bet but that's about no it, right there's not there that's another not issue. even that. Is that like what was cool about fallout 3 fallout uh fallout new vegas was like let's say that you had 55 explosives or um, 70 barter or something or really high speech craft, there was going to be some type of additional dialogue option that would change the outcome of your conversation or the mission or give you this other branching path that wouldn't have been available to you. No, nope, all that's gone. Yeah. All that's gone in favor of just your four option wheel. Agree, disagree, witty, rude. Like, wow. that's pretty much it. All of those Jeez. things go away in favor of, well, if you've got this, like, maximum, like, no level cap, well, you can dump all your points wherever you feel like it, because in, in the long run, if you don't like any of the rest available perks, you can keep dumping them in your special stats. So you want 10 strength? You want 10 perception? You want 10 charisma? You want 10 agility? You got it. Is you just have no level cap. Okay. Yeah, that's that's problematic for sure. And I I hate that. I I feel like it removes any need to think about your character development. So the alternative yeah. would be games like um like uh Mass Effect has like the level cap at thirty, so you're you're pretty limited at like where you're going to pick your put spend your points. If you don't like it, you can respec, you can try something different, but you there's no way that you're going to have like every single thing that you want. 
that's available in your character customization. There's not enough points for that. Or okay. Borderlands, Wonderlands, all of those games. Like, there's a level cap. You can't have everything in the skill tree. This is... Uh, so thinking about what you're talking about here with, with Fallout and that kind of stuff, it kind of reminds me of a game series. I only got lightly into it because I didn't have... I didn't... Um, wasn't feeling it at the time. This is something probably more up your alley than it was mine. Have you ever played a series called Pillars of Eternity? Uh, it is on my list. In, I think it's a Game Pass game, but no, I have not played it. I think you're going to enjoy it. Because it's, it's very much... It's in the style of the old school party D&D stuff. Okay, well, go back and there's a camera. <laughs> so, um, so I think it. Oh, hold on, just a second. Okay, see ya. All right. Anyways, um, so it, it's like those old school D and D party management games, which kind of. Uh, or uh, Dragon Age Origins was along those lines. Um, what I've heard is that it's very complex on the stats and that kind of stuff. I've only lightly played it, and I had a lot of troubles with the combat uh, the little bit I played at the time. That's also because I, I don't know. I tend to be like a very... Let's just go at it, see if it's we can beat it kind of deal. I'm the opposite. I feel like with games like that, I spend a tremendous amount of time inside this, the character screens, like looking at mm -hmm. where, what options are going to be open to me later on. I start planning for that stuff. And I Dragon Age Origins is a great example of like people who think that that game is difficult are not spending enough time putting out the tactics for their party, mm -hmm. loading those tactics out, like really thinking about them and manually setting everybody's individual tactics. And they have yeah. fucked up their character development. I am notorious for not reading a lot uh, of tutorial stuff, which gets me in problems, but I did not have problems with dragon age origins combat yet but as you remember i kept crashing at a certain point and i couldn't play it so it was pretty early in the game i do want to try that again at some point and i do want to try pillars of eternity again at some point but you know i keep talking about this massive backlog so there we are yeah I have now i do have a have you played a lot of strategy games with permadeath because that's a that's a difficulty that i don't enjoy is um permadeath. I feel like my only real uh, experience with that is like Darkest Dungeon or XCOM. Yeah, XCOM would be along the lines that I was thinking. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, w I was actually just talking about this the other day at work that like every time I play games like that, I I name the characters after celebrities. So I'm like <laughs> mourning the death of like John Cena didn't make it to the final mission and I spent so much time on him. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious 
I got into a habit of naming it after friends and family and stuff because that's what we did in middle school. That's what we did for like some of my friends. They would always name me and with you're not if you're not familiar with Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, Barrett, who is the the token black guy in the cast, uh, I would always be named Barrett because I was the only like I was Native American, which this is before we figured out there was a Native American character in Seven. Uh, like they would always name me Barrett because I was like the the one non-white friend in the group, so I was like the token. Like, even though I am what they call white passing, which I hate that term, but. Yeah. 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 Uh, that being said, uh, yeah, that's, I did. I got the habit of naming them after friends and family from that day and age. And now, whenever we play seven, I'm always Nanaki, who is the Native American tiger thing. So tiger lion thing. Which I really didn't like playing the new Final Fantasy seven remake because you couldn't play as him when you meet him. He's just an NPC. And I was like, what? My favorite character is just an NPC? Oh my gosh, no. I gave that game a very bad review because of that. Very bad. <laughs> Worse than Tiny Tina's. I mean, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Yeah, so I feel like I feel like that is all I have on removal of level cap. Um, I think that it's just designed to make the games easier, more accessible. Mm -hmm. All right. So here's here's my Zelda complaint. All right. Let me hear it. Other than it's Zelda. Um, <laughs> harsh. But uh, so I quite enjoyed the game Breath of the Wild. And I understand that Tears of the Kingdom is building upon Breath of the Wild. And it is not the same game. However, it is hard for me to ignore numbers when I'm given numbers. And there's this explanation that the world kind of got corrupted and ruined through the story. So... All the normal weapons and armor are now kind of like degraded and you have to find better ones. So they added this system. Uh, they took away all of the old, which I, they, I have no explanation why they took everything away. But there there was this old uh, mechanic, like you had a couple like mechanics where you could pick up metal objects with magnetism or you, could, you had um, these magical explosive bombs that you could pull out pretty much at any time after a cooldown. Because um, bombs in Zelda is like a thing, if you didn't know. Like, it's just a thing. Bombs are just, you throw them, they've been a puzzle thing. They've been in pretty much every Zelda game. They're a staple of Zelda. Um, so that was a mechanic. And then, like, they had some other powers. All those powers are gone, which, okay. But they've replaced them with new powers, and one of them is just strictly better. Um, it's like the building powers, what, what people have been calling it. But basically, uh, it's like the magnetism where you get to pick up and manipulate metal objects. You could just do it to almost any object now. And you can glue those objects together and make like structures out of it. And that's actually kind of cool. I enjoy that. 
The one that I'm talking about, I don't like, is the weapon fusing system. So there's this thing where, like, you have your shitty weapon that dropped. So, like, let's say, an, uh, just for example, an old... An Hylian... Uh, what was a Hylian Captain's Greatsword, right? Let's just put that on there. 40 da damage, right? It's been reduced to, like, 15. And it's like, okay, that's all pretty bad de degradation. Okay. Um, so their idea is that you now have to weapon fuse with, like, monster parts or other things to sort of, like change the weapon's properties and fix it and make it better so that I can get it back to 40. And I feel like I'm adding complexity to get back to where I already was. That I haven't enjoyed because I'm like, because you're not facing different enemies. They're the same enemies. Like, there's a different things about them at times, but like they still have like roughly the same stats. You're still dealing with roughly the same problems. So like you're just, you're just, your power is cut from underneath you and then you're given complexity to get back to where you are. So were. really just they're being very reductive with the loot system is what it sounds like. Is that, Hey, this is the, sword or whatever that you're going to have for the game um and it's going to get better over time with you to this no it is so here's the thing breath of the wild i i know you haven't played it but like breath of the wild in this they don't you don't have a sword that you keep with you all the time they all break after a certain amount of uses you have to keep finding new swords so like you have to keep finding so new gear then why wouldn't it just be similar to what they do in fallout which is you just repair the broken sword with the same version of of that because it breaks item. it literally just it literally breaks like you'll hit something and it goes and you'll see shards of it go everywhere and it's gone forever and there's not a repair system um now that's just a normal thing that happened in the old game right but you found enough of the higher end stuff eventually you're fighting higher end monsters or finding higher end chests. You were just finding enough of these and they would be fairly durable for what they were. So you weren't like losing a sword every fight, right? You were losing a sword every 10 fights or something like that. Yeah. But then if you have to put in this time to upgrade your degraded sword to normal mm -hmm. functioning and it's just going to break in 10 fights, like what's the point? Oh, it's less now. That's also another part. It's all less durable, too. So it so, sounds like they just added a bunch of, like, extra crafting shit to your game. Yeah, that I don't like. Remember this whole thing, me not liking crafting? Yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, the number one thing on my list of things I don't like in trends in games is unnecessary crafting. Right. So, and it's not even, like, it's so weird. So, like, they, they added all these. So, the other aspect of this is them taking away the bombs. They're still bombs. They can't not have bombs. It's an iconic Zelda thing. So, what they instead have are the bomb flowers. You pick them up. They're a limited resource. You can find them a lot in what they call the uh, the depths, which is, like, 
That the make the game is massive. Like the game was like a giant map to begin with in the first game, and the second game is that map plus an underground version directly below it that is the same map size, and then also an above ground version up in the sky of a couple not as big but a lot of platforms to explore. So there's a lot more game here. In the depths are a lot of bomb flowers, but they're a limited resource. You have to find them. You use it, they're gone, right? Now they have these rock things that you have to bust through, which was not super new concept. Rock walls, you got to blow up, right? But the Breath of the Wild, you throw your bombs at it. Like that was it. You could do that in this one, but they're a limited resource. So now you have to have blunt weapons to break through the rocks. And they'll give you like a crappy sword in front of the rock wall sometimes. And the rock walls will drop a stone which if you fuse a stone to any weapon, it turns into a bludgeoning weapon, which can break through the block wall. But you're going to lose two or three weapons going through a rock wall. Awesome. So, yeah. You so really the sold losing... me on this game. Oh, I was not trying to. <laughs> I knew I knew coming at this that it would, would not sound good, but also you don't like Zelda, so I don't care. Like I'm not trying to sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> now ace would be very disappointed in me at this point because ace loves zelda but i'm telling you right now like this game as much as like it's getting like rave views i don't know if you saw the accolades trailer but like 10 out of 10 across the board on the accolades and First i'm just all, like that's what it was gonna get before it. it even came out this is this oh i know it's like it's like a it's oscar bait of video games like i i just it's fine I love Zelda. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not on an anti-Zelda bandwagon. However, I, I just I don't like how it feels backwards in a lot of ways. Whereas, and I hate. I hate that they didn't add in. It makes sense that it wasn't canon, but they made you feel like it was canon. There was a Muso game, which is like the the fighting thousands of soldiers games like uh samurai warriors that that series there yeah. was a muso game of zelda called age of calamity that had some really cool story bits uh that sort of retconned some things that happened in breath of the wild and i was like cool that'd be really awesome if that continued forward it did not so i was a little story disappointed too but that's Kind of not fair because it was a Musa game. It wasn't supposed to be canon, but yeah. That's where I got the uh, idea of suddenly side on. If you saw our chat with my chat with Pan today. Um, I did. Pan had, it's like you guys are talking another language when you're talking about well, Zelda. So. so side on is this Zora, which is like these shark people. And he's got this, like, really flashy, cheesy, like, anime smile that, like, dings when he smiles. Um, so he's, like, a pretty boy of the Zora. And she had shipped him with Link. And then you find out that in the game that that Sidon is engaged to another Zora. Which is good because there is a history of uh, Zoras being in love with Link, which did happen in Breath of the Wild. Uh, Sidon's older sister Mifa was really into Link. <laughs> Who yep, died? Yep, still sounds like a foreign language to me. 
they're just a people. They're just a shark people. They used to be fish people. Now they're sharks. It's weird. It's literally like if you take a fish person, just like make them kind of look fishy and a person, and you just put like a literal shark on top of their head. They look like a smaller shark. Oh, see, I, was, I was picturing that thing in uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. 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 I love uh, that shark is a character in uh, the Harley Quinn animated series. I love him. He's so funny. He's pretty funny I, in the I, movie, too. I was like, he better make it. He better not. He better not die. I didn't watch it. I haven't watched any of the Suicide Squads yet. It's it's fine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's fine. Um So yeah, so like my friends are like, how are you how do you how do you like this? Like specifically Brian and Jacob. Uh because this is possibly gonna be our next bickering bucks after we took a six month hiatus. And I was like, I'm not gonna lie, guys, I am not enjoying it as much as in that aspect. Like I feel like the combat is just way down in comparison to what it was because i now in breath of the wild i would be like in the beginning i was like oh man i need to be really careful and that but eventually i was like yeah i know what i'm doing and i could do these fights and i feel like i have the resources now i'm not even like i it's not even like i can win if i'm careful it's like i literally just have to avoid fights at times like I run into more difficult enemies and I'm literally doing nothing because none of my weapons are worth anything. And I don't know how to make it any better. That's what I was wondering about too. Is that like, do, is there like trash mobs in this game? Like, are you going to essentially waste your weapons on kind of, they kind of, you can. Um, so there's lower tier. So like they kind of tier enemies by colors. So you have red, which is the, the lowest, blue, which is the middle, and then black is sort of like the high end. And then they added like silver, which is a higher end, which that was on, that was in Breath of the Wild, but they were super rare and they were only on certain monsters. Uh, and then like, you know, there's like mini bosses or like that kind of thing. So like in this game, one of the things you do is when you kill, like, let's say, a, a, ba- a Baku Goblin is, like, the normal Goblin, right? Trash, red Baku Goblins, blue, black. Black are still very difficult for me, and I have to take those fights very seriously. Blue, a little less seriously now, but they were extremely dangerous at the beginning of the game. And then red were always there. You, you just got to deal with them, whether they're dangerous or not. <laughs> um they all drop claws and horns and those are what you're supposed to upgrade with your weapons. So the problem I was having is that if I took a traveler's sword and put a black Baku goblin's horn on it, which is arguably the best easily available tier of a monster part to upgrade a weapon, it was still having somewhat of a trouble with blue Baku goblins. And I was like, this isn't fun. Like I am not enjoying this. And then again, 
part of the reason is they all those abilities that you had in Breath of the Wild to sort of change up a fight or do something different mid-fight are all gone. None of the things that you can do are mid-fight anymore. Your bombs, that limited resource, you can do them mid-fight. They did add an option where you can add uh, special items to your arrows. You didn't used to be able to do that. It's like you could literally strap a bomb to your arrow and shoot it now, which is cool. And that is a that is a difference on the fighting, but that's it. I can't just throw a bomb if I don't have it. Like it's it's just it's not always an option. Whereas that was always an option before, which I did all the time. Like I would start fights by bowling a uh, like a bowling ball, a bomb into the camp, going in after the madness, and you know picking off the stragglers. You can't do that as much now. Like I have to actually sneak up and archer and that kind of stuff. And I get it. Yes, I don't have to be like full on. And I and I get like going into larger bases. I would be more sneaky about that kind of stuff. But having to treat every fight like that, it feels kind of exhausting. I gotcha. I and mean, I'm getting the hang of it per se. Like I'm doing better, but is it? I don't like the weapon. Fusion. I feel like it'll probably get easier over time, though. I feel like that's how most games are. Like as your character acquires more abilities, and you know their yeah, health bar gets I mean, a little bigger. You do. You do. It's just like in comparison to where I'm at with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, like direct comparison to where I'm at in the game, I'm weaker. There's no doubt about it to me. And it's kind of throwing me off. Like it's. I'm not expecting to take down the biggest stuff yet, although I have tried out of just like curiosity to take out, take down some bigger stuff. Like I found, I think they're called a Glee Glocks. They're these giant three-headed dragons that have different elements on them. Uh, Ace talked about it when you were here last week. He said that he found a lightning one. Yeah, I found a different lightning one. I was like, how well can I take this? Uh, the answer is not at all. One hit will kill me. From full. So I avoided that, but I know where one is. Actually, I know where two are. And three, if you count the one that Ace told me where it is. I just didn't go look because I just trusted him it was there. Like, yeah, I don't need to go there yet. So and I'm, not, I'm not complaining that it's too difficult. I'm just, I just don't like the weapon fusing system, essentially. I'll eventually get there. I've explored a lot of the depths like a lot, too much of the depths. I've been mostly been in the dark depths of this game. Like I've just been throwing light mushrooms at thing or light plants at things, exploring, picking up a checkpoint, go further in the dark, get a checkpoint, go further. Well, most people probably having fun in the above world fighting and getting more powerful. I'm just sneaking around in the dark <laughs> the whole game. Because that completionist brain of mine says I have to hit every tower. It's basically you're hitting towers to unlock the areas. I had to hit every tower to unlock the whole underdark because that's what my brain wants to do. Hmm. I did find some really cool gear, though. That's like callbacks to other Zeldas that is worth nothing. But I found them. Like I have like an outfit from Wind Waker. Two pieces of it. 
that don't do anything. Literally, they're good as the armor you can buy in the beginning of the game. I just have a green hat now, like the old Link is all. Precious. <laughs> and I fought a really difficult boss fight for that hat. Super difficult. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was the Zelda one. The uh, un unsolicited crafting, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, I think, I feel like Minecraft is, is responsible for this. And the reason that we have crafting shoehorned into just about every single game, that if it, if it can be put in there, oh, it's yeah. going to be there. It's a big reason why I don't like The Last of Us. Really? See, I haven't played it, so I don't. I don't know. It's if it was, you find stuff, you find ammo. If it ran more like Doom in that aspect, I'm not saying it has to be. I'm the power fantasy of the Doom Slayer killing all the demons, but if it was literally, I'm just finding more ammo instead of finding stuff to craft more things. Like, just give me the thing. Like, don't don't give me parts of the thing and then make me go to a certain table to make the thing. Just give me the damn thing. Like. Yeah, I. I think that. Uh, they do an OK job with it in Fallout series just because they have all those options, but you can continue to play the game without really doing any kind of crafting. Like yeah. New Vegas, every if you are using guns, or if your enemy is using guns, their corpse will have shell casings. You don't have to pick those things up, but if you do, you can take them, and you can take them to an ammo bench, and you can make your own ammo, or find it, buy it, do what you gotta do. Yeah. And, and I get it. It's part of the whole survival thing, really. I get it, like, crafting, because I'm a survivalist. But, honestly, it's what's going to stop me from playing uh, Horizon. Either one of them. There's so much crafting in that game. A lot of it's crafting, just, like, different emos and traps and stuff. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't be bothered. Like, I really can't be bothered at this point. Just give me the thing that, and that's that's one of the reasons why I have stayed attached to Doom is you don't do that stuff. You just go in there, you get the stuff, you kill the things, you get to the end of the level, done. Y'all you know, like, I I, <laughs> I just don't want to spend so much time doing literally just inventory management. Like yes. I, I like games that like just for shits and giggles I can like have a collection of of some random thing. Like here's all the alcohol I've ever found in the game and I've hoarded it in this bit. <laughs> like Yeah. That's fun. But I don't wanna spend my time like flagging items as junk, flagging items for sale, Fla like oh, this is safe, this is sell, this is crafting, this mm. is it just takes away from the point of the game. Like if I wanted to fucking clean my house, I would do that. <laughs> and that's why I played unpacking instead. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh boy. Yeah, I Yeah, I just it's like uh, it's like the new trend, like when there used to be a multiplayer mode attached to every single player game. Oh, remember those yeah. days? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, oh, was it Bioshock Two? Bioshock Two had a mm-hmm. multiplayer mode. I'm like, why? Why? All of the Uncharted's did all of them. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you I what am, though, uh, multiplayer in uh, Red Dead, like Red Dead Revolver, back like old school. That was fun. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. Uh, that, it's not like they, they were all bad. It was just that like everyone had, had them. Everything had to have and, it. Yeah. Yeah. And it made sense for some games, but like other games, you're like, why? Like the one I keep going back to, like Uncharted. Un- like I will never forget the Uncharted 2 commercial uh, playing that, that uh, I don't even know what genre to call it. Electric maybe that I want to kill everybody in the world song. And um, just a montage of like deathmatch multiplayer. And I was just like, but it's a single player game about Nathan Drake and his like Laura Croft, Indiana Jones treasure hunt through the world. Like, I don't understand why you have to have multiplayer. And I played it and it was fun. It's not like it was bad, but it was like, but why? But why? It's like, yeah. <laughs> the majority of the people who are playing this game right now are not playing it to play multiplayer. Right. See, even right. Mass Effect We're... had it. Mass Effect 3 had multiplayer. and Yes, it did. It was... It was fun. I played a ton of multiplayer. I will say that. But... That's not why I went back and played it this time. It's like, not it's not why why I was playing Mass Effect 3 for the most part and I didn't miss it when it wasn't added to the remastered version. Right, cuz yeah, he was going to be playing it. Yeah. Remastered all new crafting system. There you go. Bring mm-hmm. it up with the times. Yeah, no, I mean, like, they, I think Mass Effect learned some of their lessons with trying to keep things up with the times. Yeah. I think uh, that's a lot of people's issues with Andromeda, is it had the, another settlement needs your help vibe. Yeah. Um, which is a really annoying. This, like, building up managing settlements but like not being able to have any type of like uh middle management available to make your life easier no you got to keep stopping the game so you can go and do management of your settlements or your cities or whatever that's annoying to me yep your little city builder inside of the game yeah ish community builder yeah because i mean fallout 4 had that skyrim had that to a degree with the house expansion or whatever yeah skyrim's was a lighter version of it like you know your wife wasn't gonna leave you in skyrim if you didn't like give her enough food and uh protect her from the dragon that keeps coming every time you fast travel to your house that you know like that hasn't happened to me (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah i uh i that i don't I didn't like that. I don't like the, any sort of like, I hate 
games really just half-ass a relationship system. I really hate that. I, I as well. I think that Skyrim's relationship system is they wanted to do it correctly because there are some characters that you cannot marry unless you have done certain things with them, established certain relationships with them. But then once you're married, it just like it doesn't matter. Like it's all the same. Yep. 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 I, and I don't enjoy that. But that's uh, that's not one of my favorites. <laughs> now I will say. I haven't gotten to dog on uh, a series that I quite enjoy. And oh, this one's a little more complex of a, of a dig. But uh, so we talked a little bit about Diablo. Of course, I'm excited for Diablo 4 coming out. Um, I and this is not I don't know if it's a problem with the game with the community, but we did talk a little bit about it. It's the whole build system. And I really don't like a game that this is a problem in monster hunter as well, but it's easier set easier. Uh, I think it's more prevalent of a problem in, in Diablo, uh, especially three, uh, where there are, I like figuring out the builds for myself. You know, you do too. We've, we've, we've established that, but there's certainly, uh, somewhat of a fixed. This is the thing that you want to do for this thing. I hate that. I want to have a wide diversity of options available to you. The, this is, like I said, it's more a problem in Diablo than Monster Hunter because Monster Hunter, I just ignore what people say. That's a meta problem. That's just the community deciding on certain things. That's doable in Monster Hunter. Diablo, there are certain levels of play which require you to do certain things. So, like, there is a cap for my style of play. Whereas, if I were to follow what everyone else did, I could increase that cap. If that makes sense. Yes. I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen to Diablo four or not. Cause it's not out yet. I heavily suspect that's going to be the case though, because it's the way it was with three. It's certainly the way it is in two. Two is a lot worse about this than three. It's another reason why I don't like two. There are just accepted. You do this things. And I'm like, cool. I don't. You know, like I, there are certain ways that I play that are different. My brother and I, for instance, we like to full clear dungeons and full clear maps. We kill every monster on the map, every little nook and cranny. That's how I play too. Yeah, that is not a viable option in certain things in Diablo. There are literally, if you are trying to push greater rifts in Diablo 3, if you are not immediately finding every elite pack and killing them and moving on to the boss immediately and killing them without exploring, you are doing it wrong. And the game tells you that by you will know you will not progress as fast up to the higher tiers and that kind of stuff. Like you just will run out of time and full clearing is just not an option. Now, pushing greater rips is a very specific way to play also because it is timed and that kind of thing. And I understand why you have a little bit of a, bit of a thing but like doing pushing greater rifts is also how you get the best gear 
It's how you just get the best stuff. So, like, if you're not playing that, you're not getting the best chances at the best stuff. Period. Well, I think that that's just deciding right off the bat what's your strategy for this, like, this run. Are we doing a fluency run or are we doing an exploration run? Right. Well, yeah, and... um well, the, the, and just my problem is the game funnels you into that system, whereas you can't do the exploration one very well to get the best gear. You can, but it's not going to be um, nearly as good. You know what I mean? Like the what you can do is you can do a normal rift, and that's where you can do the full clear. The greater rifts, I don't think it's even viable to do full clears. Because I don't think you'll finish. Um, but the greater rifts, like, literally, they just have better loot. Like, it's not a question. Like, if you're in greater rift tier 50 versus a normal dungeon, uh, it goes up... Basically, the idea is that it's a higher difficulty than what you can play at. So, it has better chances for loot. And there is exclusive items that you can only find in greater rifts versus normal rifts. And... Stuff like that. Like it, it all funnels you to this one system and you're like, cool. Maybe that's not the way how I wanted to play. Um, now they're saying that Diablo four isn't like that, uh, because of the different systems, but like every Diablo game, every ARPG tends to have these sort of like funnel you into these things to do, to get the best. And I don't like that. Like that's a genre problem. That's just not not just a Diablo problem. So hopefully it's fixed, but it is certainly a problem that I have with the series and the whole genre in general. It's just like, can you just let me play the way I want to play and make that viable too? Like, do I have to do this thing that you want, like that everyone wants to do all the time? Um, maybe I'm missing out on some of that. Maybe Path of Exile has some more different ways of doing things, but I don't like Path of Exile. Never have. So, I don't know. I don't know if you played that one, but that's free to play, and it's on Xbox. I have not. That's the, it's infamous for its complex system of, here's like a giant tree of skills, and you start somewhere on this tree, depending on what class, and then make your way across the map, and that's how you make your build. Very complex, but also a lot of people being like, hey, if you don't do it this way, you're screwed. Like, huh, okay. Very yeah. much a not friendly to figuring it out on your own as well. Well, I, I think sometimes with customization trees, they can be complex enough that you can tailor it to fit your style of game. So you might not necessarily mm -hmm. be fucked if you didn't pick something that another person would have picked. Yeah. Like your your own path is specific to what benefits your gameplay style. Like I think the Witcher is a really good example of that. That like my mm -hmm. my end game Witcher is so much different than my husband's end game Witcher and I play the game totally differently than he does. I mean, entirely differently. Hmm. So how do you guys Play, I mean, I didn't get far enough to understand the minutia, but so like you have, you have like three different, like three main 
I guess, like pathways you can take. Or you mm-hmm. can kind of blend like across the three. And then you have mutagens that go like that. That's end game. Yeah, I, I know about the mutagens. Yeah. But like even just building up to get to like just your level cap. My my Geralt is very heavy in alchemy um, and like oh, okay. ways that I'm going to essentially like beef up my character because I'm not as good as the, at the combat as my husband is because he's a souls mm. player. So like the Witcher is watered down souls to him. And so for him, he plays more of like the combat like tree, like heavy in the combat tree because he doesn't need to rely on all the modifiers and buffs that I need to rely on in order to get to the end of the game. Sure. So, okay. What's the other tree then? There's like, it's like a dexterity tree. Like there's like archery and things in it. And I've never been really into that in the Witcher. So I might try that. Let's see if I can do the dexterity tree. Yeah. I like the alchemy tree though a lot. Um, I think it makes, it makes the game more accessible to me. Sure. Cause I, I think that, uh, that style of game uh, like that style of combat is not really my cup of tea. I don't really care for third person. I don't that much. Yeah, I mean, n- normally the same for me. Normally I'm not into third person, but hey. I, but if I, I, I did li- it and- liked the game enough, that I wanted to get wanted to get through it. So, But I do know for sure that the way that I built my Geralt is what made is the reason why I suck fighting a Siri and I hate the Siri portions of the Witcher three because I don't have any of those buffs or any of those things that I was using to make my gameplay easier. (laughs) She doesn't have Mm. any of that stuff. So she doesn't have any tree at all. You just play her. Yeah. You just play her and she has her ability. She has abilities, but like they're just specific to her and like she's, it's really more heavy in the combat part and that's not my uh, yeah. that's my Achilles heel. So that's an that's another game on my list of shame that I need to finish at some point is Witcher 3. I have played it. I've played it a couple times, but again, I just didn't I didn't latch on. And I enjoyed it. There's nothing wrong with it. I just didn't I think it's, play it for long. My husband is playing it right now because it was like 30 bucks on PlayStation for the upgraded like graphics and like full package mm-hmm. all of it so he that's what he's playing right now yeah i have the upgraded one for free on gog i just didn't i i haven't played it since i've never tried to play the pc version that i own um but i played on ps4 uh really far back in the day now the reason kind of why i quit playing in those that time Kathy and I used to do these, like we play a game together things. It was more as her backseat gaming, which I was fine because it was her and I interacting uh, while we did that. But um, she, if she sort of fell off on a game, then I kind of had to, because she didn't want me to progress without her. That was one of the games that that happened with. I remember when Witcher three came out, I pre-ordered it. I, I, pre-ordered like the full package full deal and then i think i started grad school so my husband played Hmm. it and i didn't play it until quarantine that was my corner one of my quarantine games and i 
like hundred percented it like yeah <laughs> i bet i would say my big my big 2020 quarantine games were plague tale uh the first one uh so that would be innocence plague tale innocence doom eternal because it dropped during quarantine uh and then um what was the other one there was a third one. Oh, uh i finally got into one of the arpgs i was kind of i didn't get a lot into it at the time which was grim dawn which is i'm really a big fan of the people who made titan quest uh grim dawn was the spiritual predecessor to it that's a lot more steampunk than i i don't really like steampunk as a as a thing i don't really like guns uh, in my games as much as i mean i'm a big doom fan but i don't like them in the arpg i prefer sword and sorcery over gun and steam you know what i mean gotcha and it's 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 more gun and steam versus sword and sorcery even though there is magic and stuff in it's weird it's like a mix it's it's also why i don't pref- i prefer D setting over pathfinder setting because pathfinder is a lot more steampunk than sword and sorcery and yeah i just like wizards and stuff and monsters and so you know steampunk stuff doesn't have as much monsters it's all about like oh these giant terrible robots i was like i don't care did about you ever robots. play fable can... no i did not it was one of the ones i had never played fable has steampunk adjacent in it uh because the dexterity mm-hmm. tree is guns Mm-hmm. but there's a ton of monsters in it. It's it's pretty cool. I liked Fable. Although a lot of people Fable did, 3 it, came around, there were a lot of things that they added to it that I, I just eh, wasn't yeah. that upset about there not being a Fable 4. Poor Lionhead. That poor studio. Well... Peter Molyneux had a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of great ideas. Um, just didn't commit to them. Mm-hmm. 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 And also another Microsoft-owned studio. Oh, just by, by the way, did you hear it was blocked? I the did. acquisition? I did. Yeah, so that was... And it was weird because it was blocked by European authorities and not United States. What do you? That's not weird. It's because other countries of the world aren't run by the almighty dollar, just us. Fair, very fair. But I'm just—I think it's weird that they would be allowed to influence American companies. But American company that is generating revenue in international sales. So. Yeah, yeah, and probably has offices in. I know Microsoft has offices in Europe. So Yeah, they got to play by the rules everywhere that they play. That's fair. I don't know, it's just weird. You, you th- I think of my, uh, Microsoft as American first, but that's obviously not the case in practice. I mean, you know, like sometimes you get this idea of like, oh, yeah, you know, support United States and that kind of stuff. But it's like, well, you see, there is a PlayStation and a Nintendo of America. They, they do exist here too so Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i'm kind of glad the acquisition was blocked though just because i was worried for diablo just worried 
that's the only reason Diablo. Honestly, the Blizzard side of it. Like Activision, I couldn't care. Microsoft can have Call of Duty. I don't care. Do whatever you want with it. Just don't just don't ruin my Diablo. <laughs> Not that they're going to. They don't have a track record of ruining studios they buy, but still. It makes me uneasy. <laughs> we'll I understand. see. We'll see. Cuz they could have ruined for for all I know. Even though I've been following it very closely and played all, played all the betas and still watching videos on it every once in a while to this day, even though it's coming out in two weeks. I'm pretty sure I know what's happening in the game as far as like whether I'm going to enjoy it or not. So I'm not too worried, but who knows? Maybe I'll be on here in a couple months complaining about Diablo 4. Because No, in a couple of months you'll be talking about how it's still number one Consuming. on your, your game list and it's game of the year and nothing's coming close it's a pretty stacked year this year still like i had some i had some fly balls in there that would i did not expect like the leap of faith game i did not expect that to come in honestly i forgot about tears of the kingdom when you know we were talking about games coming out this year like, I just, it's not that I'm not enjoying Tears of the Kingdom. Um, it's just that I just don't enjoy the systems as much. You, I just, I, I want my bombs. I want to have good weapons. I want. Yeah, I mean, like, as I was sitting down and writing my, my notes, I had started with Fallout and I just realized that I just don't like Fallout 4 because all of my <laughs> issues are just mm -hmm. things that they took out, like things they removed things. It's not well. And then the addition of another settlement needs your help, but it, they just mm -hmm. removed so many things from the game in order to make it like this streamlined user friendly watered yeah. down version of fallout like yes it is in the apocalypse and the cool cool vault boy mascots there and like i i feel like that's about it yeah yeah i uh i never played four I, the only one I played was three, and I played a fair amount of it, and then, of course, New Vegas a little bit that I did. I also really, really strongly feel like Fallout 4 is um, do Android's dream of electric sheep, Blade Runner, and, like, video game clothing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I never, yeah, I don't know. The, uh, I actually think that might be the best part about Fallout 4 is that it's <laughs> like a giant Easter egg for sci-fi nerds. <laughs> I mean, fair. Man, I remember when 4... Because 4 was announced the same time that Doom 2016 was. Like the same E3. Um, and then people were like, Fallout 4, Fallout 4. And I, was, I felt like the one voice being like, Doom. Please, yes, new Doom. Like, because, like, we hadn't seen a new Doom since 2005, right? So, like, 
I was so, so excited. And I was like, I remember being on Reddit at the time and people were like, there's literally comments, Fallout 4, Fallout 4, Fallout 4. And I, I literally, I put the comment like, am I the only one that, that wants Doom? And then I got downvoted to, to hell because Fallout 4. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm not, you know, not. I, I'm not going to pretend like I haven't played like 500 hours of Fallout 4. I definitely have, but you know, it's just because like, you can I, play needed, I just like needed a little bit, you know, to sate my, right. my, my I mean, desire for Fallout, but you can put a lot of hours into a game that you are just, it's just not, you want it to be something better. Like the, I've done that. I've, We've, I think we've all done that where yeah. we're, we're like, we're, we're, we're like, but it's this, but I still want to keep playing it, but it's gosh, darn it. Why can't you be better? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that for me to go back in, let's say elder scrolls to go back and play Morrowind and oblivion. I can do it. I can. And they're fine. I, they're fun. They're great. But they're, I, I still do like want that Skyrim combat. Like, oh, yeah. You want that fluidity. But go, in comparison with Fallout, like if I never played Fallout 4 again and I only played New Vegas or I only played Fallout 3, it's cool with me. They're better. They're way better games. Uh, so how do you feel about Starfield coming out? I... I want to say that like I'm over the moon and excited about it. I think that it's going to Cuz this is the first Microsoft owned Bethesda game. Yeah. Um I have a feeling that they have been telling us that it's going to be like Skyrim in space. Skyrim Skyrim in No Man's Sky, but I think we're going to get like Outer Worlds level scale but like actually be able to change planets and stuff. But mm. I don't, I, I'm not going into it with expectations that it's going to live up to all of what they're, they're saying it's going to be. I think it's going to be, I, I felt that way about cyberpunk. Cause like cyberpunk, there was a lot of red flags for me, like a ton of red flags of like how much people were promising I I've still never played that, and I I, I still want to play Cyberpunk, but uh, I know what I know what to expect now, you know. Yeah. But I think yeah. with I think with Starfield, I am expecting a lot of bugs because it's a Bethesda game, and I'm expecting what I would love for it to be are the things that were missing from Fallout Four that they took out of like three in new yeah. Vegas, but not that Bethesda really had too much of a hand as much of a hand in new Vegas as they did with the other games. But, um, yeah, cause new, Ve new Vegas was obsidian. Yeah. Um, which apparently there's rumblings, rumors of new Vegas two by obsidian. And I'm like, mm. now that like, I, I have to admit obsidian is a great company. So obsidian before they did, uh, New Vegas and that kind of stuff. They did uh, Boulder's Gate. I'm pretty um, sure was... they did the Pillars of Eternity game too that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, but I mean, anyway, um, 
what I would love to see in Starfield is things like the morality system and the way that your reputation with factions affects your gameplay and your choices and the thing, like places you can go and the things that you can actually do. All yeah. of that is was just completely removed from Fallout 4. There's no like it doesn't matter what your reputation is or what your rep, like your relationship is with certain factions. All in so far as are you a member of this faction and you can go to these places. <laughs> Yes. Like, and that's about it. You're right. Yeah, Pillars is Obsidian. So 100%. I would, I would really like to see a return to, to like real role playing in Starfield. But I'm not, I'm not gonna hold my breath. Fair. Yeah. Fair. I mean, like, at any at any point these days, like. Almost any game, I feel like we have to take with a grain of salt. We mm-hmm. could be like super excited for. I admit that I drank the Diablo 4 Kool Aid pretty early on, and I have been fairly positive on it. And I have been more kind of cautious about it, it being not what I expected, but anything I have seen has more to more reinforced positivity. Whereas I would say the last time that something came out that I was like very, very, very skeptical of in a series that I loved was Monster Hunter World. Because it was such a shift in tone and gameplay. Not, nah, yeah, gameplay. It was such a shift and it was a sudden shift and it was just like, okay, I'm very cautious about this. Went in, it was great, loved it. But at the same time, you know, like it was like things were happening that we didn't expect to happen as a community. And I didn't expect being a longtime fan, like uh, it coming to PlayStation ever again, considering how, I don't know, seemingly violent the split was from PlayStation before. Because literally they jumped shit from PlayStation and Nintendo because of a fight they had over localization stuff. So like when you see bad blood in a bit between two businesses, you're like, I don't know what these rumors are that it coming to PlayStation. That's freaking ridiculous. That's dumb. Like I, you people don't know what you're talking about. And then it comes out and you're like, all right, I'm the dumb one. I guess I, <laughs> so I don't know. Like a lot of times if I'm super skeptical of a game these, these days, I don't even get it. Like cyberpunk, like a lot of people are like, no, you got to try it. First of all, I'm not even into any sort of punk, like steampunk, cyberpunk, any sort of punk. I'm not into that genre most of the time. So I wasn't, I wasn't sold on that to begin with, but like, I, yeah, I came into that and I was like, this feels like a red flag over and over again. And most of the time when a game comes, like a large game hits like, like, uh, the, what was the fallout 76? Yeah. That, that one was like, I had some experience in fallout. Uh, it looked kind of cool. And then like started hearing some things and I was like, I'm out hands off. And then like it, it launches. And then and I was like, Oh, I was 100% right about this one. Like, yeah. Then again, I'm also the person who buys like, 
a game off of a whim sometimes and like it's terrible and I don't play it anymore. See, like I just do that. I don't buy games very often anymore. I mean, I used to buy games all the all the time. I'd be like a reserve it reserve it at GameStop, put five bucks down, like go pick uh-huh, up yeah. tons of games all the time. Now it's rare that I buy a game and if I buy it and it's not on sale, like it's gotta be I gotta really want it, like really badly. So like I bought mm-hmm. I bought Midnight Suns because they came out with an Xbox One version of it. And I'm not upset about spending like full game price for it. I'm not I'm not upset about that, but I know that there's going to be a limited amount of time that I'm going to invest in that game and it's not going to get the same type of shelf life as like, you know, one of the BioWare games or a Bethesda game or like these RPGs that I am spending like easy hundred hours in. I know Midnight Suns isn't going to get that shelf life. So there's a part of me that's bothered by like spending the money on a whim. Like, all right, awesome. Mm -hmm. This game came out and I got it and I wanted it. But I didn't really want to wait for it to come down to this like price that price range that I feel like the hours I'm going to put in is worth. I would say the biggest purchase that I've recently done that I was just sort of like, meh, was probably Elden Ring. See, mine was like, Saints Row. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and I and, and I do I do preface this every time. I did beat Elden Ring. Like I did put the time in. It was ninety one hours, and I was still like, okay, it was fine. Like I mean, part of that was all the internet issues. I don't know if you remember, but yeah, all the internet issues I had at that time. So like, that was not helping it at the time. And yeah, I don't I don't know. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't have. I don't have a, uh, any other games that I was really concerned to talk about too much. I did mention Doom quite a lot today. There are things in modern Doom that I don't like, like the more attention to, to story, which sounds the opposite of what people would want. But like, when the whole jo- beginning joke of Doom twenty sixteen was they're going to give you exposition and then he throws the exposition against a wall and breaks it, like the computer screen. Cause he's like, we don't have time for that shit. Mm-hmm. And then continue in 20, 2016 to have several expo- exposition cutscenes felt like a very backward step, but it's a minor one. I just, you know, sure. They got to have a story. I'm fine with that, but like, I'm not going into doom for the story that just not, that's not, I go into other games for the story. Not that doom can't have a story. I just, you make the joke about it not needing exposition, and then you expedition the shit out of the second one. Just doesn't feel right. So. <laughs> I haven't played any of the new Dooms. My husband was playing one, and I, I thought I was going to throw up. Like, it was just like everything was moving so fast. <laughs> yeah, it's very fast paced. Yeah. There, and especially if you're, if you're doing a lot of. Uh, what do they call finishers? 
whatever uh, brutal kills or whatever, like you will snap to that monster and do it. So that can be very jarring visually. I don't so know like, what I like, walked uh, in on, but I made a decision then and there that it wasn't for me. No, that's fine. It's a, it, it's as far as first person games go, it's fairly intense on, uh, not just the action, but also just the amount of like, if you get motion sick from first person games, this would be the last game I would prefer. You know, I've actually never felt that way before. Um, it was the first time like looking at a game that I'm like, Oh God, no, I'm no. Yeah, I know. Cause you gotta, you gotta constantly be on a swivel in that game. You're constantly reassessing. Okay. What's the next threat? What's the next threat? Um, which is really cool. I will say, um, because it's the first game ever, in my opinion, to recapture the appeal that makes classic Doom still viable to this day, is that the combat, while fast and needs attention, is also very much like chess, where you're constantly reassessing what it where what how did my game plan change where is my target whereas something like call of duty it's like the first immediate threat right because everything has equal value to kill you whereas not everything that's not the same in doom like you like classic doom there is a priority to monsters and it may sound weird like okay here's the biggest monster he's the biggest priority because he can kill me in one hit the problem is you can dodge him you can't dodge the hit scanners, which are the weakest enemies. So like you got to kill the hit scanners. So like the, the initial zombies can be some of the worst enemies to see. Cause they shoot. If they shoot, they're hitting you. Like there is no travel time for bullets. It is shoot. You are hit. Like that's just the technology of hit scanning. Everything else is a projectile and you can dodge a projectile. So like, you then have to prioritize, okay, so what do I kill here? What do I kill here? And that's what makes Doom classic mapping so intricate and fun, and that's why I still watch Doom to this day. I don't play at that level because I don't, I don't want to you know, spend the time to, to get that good at one game, per se. So I, you know, I watch other people play it, and it's still interesting to me because of that. But Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, even to a larger extent, recapture that 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 enemy prioritization uh tree in a different way too which was actually kind of cool because you're like okay this guy shoots faster than this guy so i gotta take him out but maybe i can just spend one bullet to take him like it's like it's a big puzzle it's like every fight is also a puzzle feels like which i enjoy which is a lot of reason why i like um yeah, I love strategy games, but um, Into the Breach is such a cool one because literally every fight is a puzzle. Like, how do you get out with no injuries on civilians and kill the monsters and do these objectives? Like, it's literally a puzzle. And it starts in a certain way and things are going to act a certain way and you figure out the correct routine. So, yeah. Uh, while we were uh, talking today, I did uh, install Pillars of Eternity. I don't know if I'm going to be playing it, but I did install it. It's been on my 
to playlist for a very long time. <clears throat> Speaking of which, I should also probably have Witcher 3 installed, which I do not. I have a lot of space on my computer I don't use. So sometimes I just pre-install things. And then, because I also have a habit because of PlayStation and that kind of stuff of deleting games when I finish them. Just, just a habit at this point. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, I actually have two separate instances of The Witcher that I bought. I have just Witcher 3 and then Witcher 3 Complete Edition. It's probably cheaper to buy the Complete Edition than the individual DLCs. Oh, wait, no, I know why. Because I I had bought the third, uh, the the edition on sale uh, at one point. Um... Oh, geez. I had bought just the normal edition, like five bucks or something. Then as a promotion, I got the complete edition for free. So I was like, why not? So I think that's why I have two different instances. And that makes me think I installed a game onto my C drive on accident. Just looking at that message, which I shouldn't have done. My C drive is my solid state, which you don't want to install a bunch of stuff onto. I have a, a two terabyte normal spinning drive and a half terabyte <laughs> solid state. I put a lot of work into this computer. That was also one of my projects during um, COVID as I upgraded this computer. Because uh, I had a lot of extra COVID funds that we got because I was still working and my my income was not interrupted in the slightest. In fact, my income went up during COVID and then we got those stipends. I was like, I guess I'm upgrading my computer for once. I ended up upgrading a lot of furniture in my house with the stipends because I also worked all through COVID. I had like, I think I lasted maybe three months on unemployment and I just couldn't do it. It was going crazy. I had to go to work. Mm. I never got unemployed. I worked with the family business at that time. I'd been there for a year and a half, almost two years. So we just kept working because we work in factories and factories are considered essential. So we were essential. A lot of, in the initial stages of quarantine, a lot of, clinics closed just full-blown closed um not really knowing how to operate um with all the restrictions and then it was considered an essential service but still a lot of clinics were not able to function properly Mm. but i i learned in quarantine that i just was not made to be a stay-at-home parent I need to be paid for my time. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Mhm. I yep. get it. Uh I think I could have handled the single it's not single. Sorry, stay-at-home parent. Single part's pretty rough. But no, the uh stay-at-home parent cuz you need a break. Like if it's just you and you all day with the kids, 
that way that's when you see like me like today you get stressed out because it's just me but i think i could do the stay-at-home parent um but eventually i'd i'd want adult interaction at some point like today i was very glad to be doing the podcast today because you are not going to be asking me for gummies <laughs> yeah i ate my dinner too Yes. Yes. Cece's been very good about that. Oh, I didn't get... Um, so a couple other things happened this week. Uh, also, that was precursor to all the stress. Is uh, Cece had a sprained finger. Uh, so she was in the urgent care. And I found out about that when her mom was asking me for copay money for it instead of telling me what happened. I was like, why are you wanting copay for an urgent care? What happened? What can you please explain? Like, Interesting. Uh, so that was a, that was a thing. Um, so, but yeah, CC has like a, an actual like metal thing over her finger to keep her from bending it. Just a sprain, thankfully. Uh, and then also I had to replace my roof. So the roofers came out and they, they, uh, they did some inspection stuff and they showed me the pictures and I was like, yeah, there's, there's water coming into the house. That is a thing. Like oh, the no. actual frame is getting water on it. Oh no. So yeah. So, uh, I now have another finance to take care of cause I did not have enough to just pay for a roof. So I had to finance it. Mm-hmm. So I now have another bill. So that's fun. That's super fun. And then, you know, days like yesterday and today. It's just like all coming to a head. (laughs) Yep. When it rains, it pours. Yes. But I am still having fun with Zelda. It's still fun. (laughs) I'm still getting to relax. That sounded very convincing. (laughs) I am still having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah. Well, uh, actually, I um, I don't know why I thought I could use Pillar. Pillar. I was trying to think of like a podcast game that I can play while listening to podcasts. I was like, Pillars of Eternity. Install it right now. No, I actually got to listen to dialogue in that. Yeah, I feel like that's Crap. why I haven't sat down to really play it. Is that it's going to be real? Uh, don't talk to me. I'm playing my game. Energy. Yeah. I mean, I, I have that kind of game time, but all that kind of game time right now is been Zelda, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm struggling to find a game that I can thoroughly enjoy while listening to a podcast. Because, like, I do want to keep up on the podcast stuff, but, like, I was trying to do it with Lost Eidolons, which is another strategy one, but I ended up enjoying the story and actually listening to it over the podcast, and I was like, this isn't, this isn't working out. I got to... I got to find a different game. So still on the search for that, I think. Don't know what, but it's somewhere. The last game that I found suitable for podcasts and play was Wonderlands. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I beat Wonderlands, though, already, and I don't plan to go back. No, but... (laughs) Have you played the other Borderlands games? 
I did. I played three and I played one. I beat one. I didn't beat three. I never played two and I never played the the prequel. What do they call that one? I think it's got a dumb name like pre-sequel or something. Yeah, some sort of funny name. I mean, I, I do congratulate them for being one of the few very comedic games in gaming. But, I mean, gotta love what, what, Wallcraft. What is his name? The robot. Claptrap? Claptrap. You gotta love Claptrap. Like, he's he's great. But, I don't know. I just never... Atta- the, Borderlands 1 just annoying me so much at the beginning. It made it hard for me to get into the other ones. So, Borderlands 1 has some pretty fun DLC, but you don't like zombies, so it's really not going to do it for you. Yeah, you're right. Zombies and I are not friends. Uh, although Cece goofing around today was wanting to be a zombie today. I made her feel bad because, well, being kids... Uh, Emery was in the bathroom, so Cece opened up the door, threw Blinky in the bathroom, and ran away. So I, I had to... I was like, Cece, don't mess with your sister while she's in the bathroom. Of course, she got upset because I was being loud. So then she was, like, being all sad, and then I pretended she was a zombie. And then she actually bit me. <laughs> and then you had to cut so, your arm off, and... Yeah. It was a whole thing, and... Yep. I just, it had to go. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, so I guess that's all I had to say. I don't really have a lot of other games I really wanted to touch on. Uh, like I said, it wasn't super controversial. The stuff I played it said about Monster Hunter, I've said it a lot. Everyone's saying it. It's getting easier. Um, I think we both agree. Un- unnecessary crafting can go. And I do want to preface unnecessary. Like, if it's part of your game, keep it. Obviously. But if it's part of your... A major part of your game. How about let's say that? A major part of your game. But, and I'm sure Ace won't agree, but The Last of Us doesn't count. Like, that stuff just doesn't count. Like, it doesn't add anything to the gameplay to craft. That just makes you believe that everything went to shit in the world. And I think when you can... You can clearly see that everything went to shit when people have fungus growing on their head and they're eating other people. Like, I just, I think that's enough of a sign that, you know, we don't have to repair shotguns. Um, uh, I was just, I had a thought, you know what, uh, you know, what's bad when, <laughs> when, um, Left 4 Dead has a better weapon system to deal with than uh, than uh, la- uh, The Last of Us. That's a hot take. I really can't comment on that because I haven't played The Last of Us, but <laughs> Left 4 Dead has I mean, shit weapons. <laughs> I know, right? Right? But you find whole weapons. They work. Right? Yes, they do. So, oh my gosh, my friends, literally, what are you F words up to that appeared on the stream right there? 
Wow, great. I should have silenced him. <laughs> All right. So, um, I think that's it for me. So, and you said you didn't have anything else. So, we'll we'll call it there. Um, as soon as I find my stream again, because I was looking at GOG stuff. There we go. So, uh, thank you guys for watching and listening about us uh, complaining about games we, we like and complaining about games in general. Uh, next week, we do have a plan, because we had a plan for tonight, but uh, unfortunately, Ace couldn't make it. So, we have all three of us. We're going to do a... Um, I guess it's kind of like the newlywed game, but it's just like the podcast. Like, do how well do you know your podcasters? So we're all coming up with 20 questions about ourselves that the other people were, were quizzing them on. Um, I ended up throwing in a lot of video game questions, of course. I did a couple real life ones, but I tried to never do anything. There might be some information that, that like I may have never, I don't know. I try not to say any information that was never said to you guys. I picked, because I did finish my questions today. I have, I want to say like conservatively like 12 to 14 strictly video game questions. And then yeah, the stuff that was not video at. games. Uh, I think we've touched on a lot of this stuff. It's like music, food, um, yeah books yeah there's a there's a couple easy ones super easy ones in there but then the bonus follow-up is like a little more difficult i got creative about how i'm awarding bonus points for some of my questions sure okay okay that's fair um i think when we do this next week i think I, i'm gonna lead off to sort of give uh give an example of to, to, not just to you guys, but the the audience mostly of how it's going to go. Because I think I, I had mine. I finished mine that night. I said I was going to. Like I I spent like as much time getting my playlist together to listen to music while I was doing it <laughs> as I did doing the questions, which was fun. Because I my my phone playlist is not on my PC until I did that, and I I just. I wish I could transfer playlists. That would be a great thing to have, but I can't. So I had to rebuild it manually. So anyways, uh, again, thanks everyone for watching and listening and uh, follow, follow me on Twitter at, at HunterSubPod. And so you can see show updates and that kind of stuff. Uh, I haven't been doing a lot outside of that lately, honestly, because I've been too busy. So sometimes you can see some different opinions on stuff there but i don't do it too often mostly podcast stuff at this point and if you want to get hold of sasha she's on the discord so join the discord and have our uh suddenly uh suddenly side on discussion uh, in the style of suddenly seymour and then about uh breath of the wild not breath of the wild you want to say breath of the wild tears of the kingdom tears of the kingdom that's the new zelda so yeah, a lot of people on our Discord have been playing Tears of the Kingdom and talking about it. And you want to join in on that. So, again, thanks everyone for watching and listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>